0: Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Uh, That's a good one right there. That's a great one. Yesterday I was uh, on my way to Lowe's, but before I got there, I had spent some time rolling around on the floor with my grandkids and uh, wrestling with them. And um, we have a dog, a husky, that uh, is also part of our home and I realized I had all this hair all over mine and it's, I mean we vacuum regularly and all that kind of stuff but it doesn't take but a minute for that hair to gather <clears throat> and so anyway uh, I noticed on my shirt that I had all this hair on there and I was like you know what that's kind of cool <laughs> that's kind of cool that I had all this hair all over me because I was wrestling with my grandkids and it was an awesome experience we were having a lot of fun and uh, it was it was very fun so um, all those little things just matter, you know. And if we didn't have, if I didn't have hair on my shirt and, and I wasn't wrestling with my kids, I might be going, "What's going on?" I I missed that, and so it was cool. Just thought I'd share that little tidbit with you. Happy Father's Day, dads! It's so good to have you in the room and have you online, and most importantly, understand that we have one of the biggest privileges of being a dad. You know, when when those babies are born, the the, the a, A baby just wasn't born, but a father was, and uh, makes a world of difference, and the responsibility that we have as fathers is huge and massive, and uh, I just praise God that he's chosen me and you to be dads, and we can influence their lives for the kingdom, and I think that's pretty amazing. Well, with that said, I just want to encourage you today. We are on the last week of our High Gear series and uh, it's been a very fun series. We've had a good time talking about living in high gear, living above average. If you've been here for the whole series, you are an above average person. You're a high achiever. All right, we got one person that's living the life, living the life. we got one amen out of that. But John 10.10 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's been the theme verse for the whole entire series. And that last verse, uh, verse uh, part of the verse says, have it to the full. That full is an abundant life. It's beyond average. It's way above the average. It's, it's a life that is intended for you and me to not live below average, not to live in low gear, but in high gear. And I think that's really, really um, amazing. We've talked about fear versus faith. And understanding that fear is the low gear life faith, living and trusting Jesus and going after whatever he calls us to do is the high gear experience. We talked about failure versus forward, that failure is something we can learn from and grow from rather than, and, and move forward from rather than just living in low gear and kind of sulking and, and being depressed about our failures. We need to grow from them. We need to learn from them. And that's the real key to getting beyond our failure is to learn and grow instead of going, oh, I'm just a loser. You know, this this was not intended to be right here. This was. Winner. All right. Okay. All right. That was corny, but it works. (laughs) We talked about fractured versus family. We talked about the importance of making sure that the brokenness in our relationships is healed. We'll talk a little bit more about that today, but the the idea that brokenness in our families is low gear experience, whether it's a marriage, whether it's kids, whether it's brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, no matter what, we have to fix that low gear experience and bring it to high gear, loving each other, forgiving, healing, reconciling, bringing health to our our broken uh, experiences and relationships. We talked about foolishness versus wisdom. We talked about how we can take uh, things that we know and use them for stupid reasons, or we can take, take things that we know and use them for good reasons and act out the very things that we know. Some of us are over Bible studied and under practiced. All right, at least one person heard that message too. <laughs> Foolishness is not acceptable. Wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability to take knowledge and use it for good. And that's the power of Living in high gear. Sin versus righteousness. We confronted ourselves and our sin and understand that that sin separates. It, it pulls us away from God. And the beautiful thing is, is that God has given us the grace to overcome sin and the strength to win in that and live a righteous life. We talked about debt versus freedom and the understanding that debt is the the thing that we're the, we're the slave to the lender. We're the person that's get, kind of caught up in the debt and so... The, the person that we owe money to or the person we owe something to owns us. That's the way the Bible looks at it. And the, I, the whole idea is to not be owned by anybody, but to be uh, free to give, free to be generous, free to do whatever God has called us to do, and that's to get us out of that debt. Amen? All right. And then today, the last one is a conformed mind versus a transformed mind. A conformed mind versus a transformed mind. Are you familiar? Like, now here would be conformity, okay? If I were to think that because I'm a little older, I wanna be more relevant, and so the best thing I could do is wear skinny jeans, wear a shirt that's a little bit tighter, and make sure that I'm showing the bulges and um, <clears throat> muscles <clears throat> that are underneath the shirt, hopefully. Uh, I mean, I, I could dress up like a young person and try and look like a young person, but the, the, the conformity that I'm trying for is only going to make me look like an old guy trying to be a young guy. Right? I mean, you're probably just going, Pastor, please don't do that. Okay? I just can't afford the, the pants that are already torn, um, but I do have several pants that I use in the garden that are like $100 pants because they are <laughs> have the knees worn out of them and uh, all anyway. that would be conformity okay but what the goal is is to be who god's called us to be and the way we are called to be is transformed by the renewing of our mind renewing to our original design which is to be saved have our sins forgiven and be in right relationship with god and think like god thinks that's the transformation. That's what we're looking for. Instead of this desire to be more like the world and to, to conform into its, its image, we're to be like Christ and like God and be conformed to His image, which we were originally created in. And so that's the goal. And so Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so the only way to understand what God wants us to do is to be transformed into his likeness, into his thinking, because everything starts here. Isn't it true that you battle just everything that goes on in here? I mean, you're thinking one thing and you're wanting to do another, or you're wanting, you know, and it all starts right here. It all starts in here. And if this isn't transformed, we can't expect all this to be transformed, everything we're doing. And our hungers, our appetites, everything is based on all that happens and starts right here. And so we have to understand that this is what has to be transformed not just our behavior or our attempt to behave differently without changing the inside. That's why we struggle so much. This is why we, we, we fight and we wrestle inside so much is because we're not completely transformed or yielded to the Spirit's leading in our lives and to the influence of God's Word in our heart. And if those two things aren't happening, then we're, we're fighting flesh and spirit all, all day long. There's this wrestling match going on and there's this WWE thing going on inside, right? And the physical pleasures of life or body slamming the, the spiritual desires or the things that, you know, and all this stuff is going inside and you're like going, oh man, I'm just going crazy. And, and it's not our will. It's the influence of God's spirit in us that allows us in the strength to do the right thing instead of the wrong thing. Is that all making sense? So the power of this is that understanding that conformity is not the goal. Transformed minds is the goal. Our hearts have to be transformed. And it should turn into behavior. And we'll talk about that in a different scripture in just a moment. But here's what I think is the problem. Is that we're confusing cultures. We're thinking that in order to relate, I have to be like. In order to be a part of, I have to be like. In order to make a difference, I have to be like. And that's the temptation, honestly. And I'll I'll tell you this, the struggle of a pastor sometimes is getting up here and not, not being cool. Not having the cool vibe, not having the cool look, not being able to look like Milo. And wearing the gold chain and the nice pants and, you know, looking like that and looking like Bernard who has the cuffs rolled up and all that kind of stuff. I just, I'm, like, that's a cool vibe, right? Those guys are, are on a little on the style side. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> um, you know, just a button-down shirt, jeans, and, and shoes. Actually, they match, which is kind of interesting. That's a, that's a new thing for me, okay? <clears throat> and so I'm feeling pretty cool today, all right? <clears throat> But, I mean, that's the temptation is to kind of fit the mold instead of understanding that um, <clears throat> I have to not confuse myself and get involved in, in this culture war. I'm involved in a mind battle. And to be right here is more important than to have all this going on. And if, it, and if we are trying to relate to the world, we're confusing our heart with our head. Because our heart is always going to say, especially if, if the Holy Spirit's living inside, the Holy Spirit's going to go, I don't care how you look. I care what you think. Because what you think is how you're going to act and how you're going to treat people and how you're going to treat yourself and how you're going to think of yourself and all these things. So if you're thinking wrong, then you're going to act wrong no matter what you look like. And so the influence is to try and develop this, this uh this, this idea that we're no longer struggling or warring with cultures, we're warring in our mind and we're doing everything we can to influence our mind so that we're thinking right. And the power of that is, and, and here it is, is to understand that we need to live a whole life of Christianity, not just a partial life of Christianity. Hear me again. We need to live a whole life of Christianity, not a partial life. That means that everything about our lives has to do with Jesus. Not just Sunday, not just prayers before meals, not just our Bible time with Jesus in the morning and we read our, 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 our Bible study or we read our Bible plan and we're, we're on that reading plan and we go, okay, check, mark, okay, we have our little five, ten minute prayer time. Jesus, bless my day, thank you so much. Help me re- do all the right things, amen. And then we hang up the phone. I said this before, we need to stop hanging up the phone. Jesus needs to be on the phone all the time. All the time influencing our lives, influencing our thinking, influencing the way we live. And so there's a passage of Scripture that kind of clarifies a lot of this and gets very specific into the idea of changing our minds, which is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. And it says this, So I tell you this, and assist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. Now see right there, just the very beginning of that passage, it says, don't try and be like the world. And in this context, it's not just Gentiles ethnically, it's Gentile thinking worldly. Okay, so he's not just trying to point out that, hey, this ethnicity group over here is bad. No, it's just the the way of thinking is bad. Don't embrace the way of thinking. Multiple gods, multiple ways of living, uh, no boundaries, no culture boundaries, no moral boundaries, all of those kinds of things would be identified as the way of thinking of the Gentiles. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That's a big statement right there, all by itself. There's some serious points that, that I think we need to hold on to, and that is the idea of futility. Futility means that whatever I do has no meaning. Whatever I do has no meaning. So if I'm living for myself and I'm living in this, this thinking of the world, it's a futile effort. There's no end game. There's no uh, direction that you're going. It's just simply an effort and futility. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff to try and, and get my life together, but without Jesus, it's an effort and futility. And then it goes on and says that <clears throat> not only that, but uh, they are darkened in their understanding. And so living in a worldly way or a, a, a having a worldly mind just means that you're, you're, you're moving in the dark. And I don't think there needs to be an illustration about how <laughs> frustrating it is to move in the dark and then bump into something and then bump into something and then bump into something and trip over it and, because you, you just don't see clearly and separated from the life of God. Darkness separates us. God is light. And so if there's light in our life, it's easy to see what's going on. But if there's no light, then there's no way to navigate through life. And it says, because of the ignorance that is in them. Ignorance means a mind thing. That is due to the hardening of their hearts. It means that they've blocked out truth. And truth no longer has its effect on us. And there's an interesting part of this that we'll talk about in a minute. But having lost all sensitivity. Now here's here's the barometer. Here's the barometer to measure in our lives. What am I sensitive about? What bugs me? What moves me? What, what causes me to think uh, about what's going on? So if, you're, if you become not sensitive, that means that you're looking at things that <clears throat> don't move you anymore. Maybe it's the kids on TV that are hungry. Maybe it's the, um, the, the violence in the world. And you're like, oh, I don't care anymore. Maybe it's the fact that people that you know don't have Jesus in their lives and you've become hardened in your heart so much so that you don't care anymore. Maybe it's these ideas of, of, of callousness about the way the world is going and you're just like, I give up. I don't care. I don't. It doesn't matter anymore. And so your heart is becoming insensitive or hardened and as a result, you're losing the sensitivity to the, to the world's issues and to the, to the people around you. I pray every day, and I'll, I'll say most every day, that I care about the people that I see on the street, not just the people with signs in their hands, but everyone. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs a, a touch from God. Everyone needs that, that compassion shown them. And and everyone deserves Jesus to flow out of me. And if I lose that sensitivity, then what are we doing? If, 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 if my heart is, is getting lost, that may mean that I'm I'm living in ignorance or I'm living live, my heart's hardening or I'm, I'm living this effort of futility. And then this passage ends with, and they're full of greed. The whole point of that statement is that they've become about themselves they become narcissistic. they become become th- these people that are all about them. And, and, and I, if I can just keep gathering and keep getting for myself and holding on to everything that I want for me, then we've lost the whole meaning of faith in the first place. And that's to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so this whole idea of having a, a darkened mind or a, a mind that's conformed rather than transformed is the simple fact that we have lost our sensitivity. We have, we're ignorant, we're hardened hearts, we, we've lost our, our ability to be sensitive to the world. And then it goes on to say, that, however, is not, the life, is not the way of life you learned. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. What you were taught, when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, so there's this way of life that we that sensitizes us, that makes us sensitive to the people around us. There's this this understanding about the plight of the world about the circumstance, about the, 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 what, what the world is going through and what it's experiencing. If, if we have the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ, then we're going to feel like Jesus did when he looked over Jerusalem and cried because he knew that that, that community of people were lost and that he was going to die for them. If we're not looking at people and seeing the, the hurt in their eyes, if we're not see, looking at people and, and hoping for their salvation, if we're not looking at people and having a sensitivity, then we've lost the heart of God. And we need to regain it. We need to regain it. And it's a lot by learning, a lot by refeeding our minds and helping us understand what Jesus is all about. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its de- deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And so here, here's the truth. What we are is what we think. So what, what's your intake right now? What's your, 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 uh, <clears throat> What are you learning? We, we say we are what we eat. If that's the case, I'm a standing taquito right now. Okay, if that's what we are, if we are what we eat, I'm beans and taquito right now. That's what you see right here. Okay, and, and, and what we are what we think. So what's the input into our minds? What's the constant flow of information? What's the constant flow of, of perspective or influence that we have in our minds? Because that is what comes out. And this, is, this scripture is saying you were taught with regard to your former way of life to take it off. Don't, don't wear that, that, that robe of, of ugliness, that robe of sin. You are no longer that person. You are a new creation. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. And that attitude of your minds is that heart that says, I am going to do everything I can to be and act like Jesus. One of our, our strategy statements is that we model our lives after the life and likeness of Christ. That's what journey is. That's what journey stands for. Is that We want to become models of who Jesus is. And so we have to take off the old, uh, the, the old self and put on the new, the, the new robe that Christ is, has given us to, to wear. And as we do, then we become the original intent of our lives. We're going back to where God wanted us to be and that's sinless and connected with Him and effective in this world. And when we become that, then we become exactly what God wants us to be. And that's the transformed part of us because we're going from this old self to this new self. You can be a new being, a new creation. For all of us who struggle with the things of this world, we can be victors over that, not victims of it because we have a new Robe to wear. And that's the robe of righteousness, the robe of Christ. And Paul goes on to tell the Ephesians, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. So he gets into not only what what has happened in our lives, that we are now new creatures, put off the old self, put on the new self, but then he begins to address the very things that we need to change. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. And speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So he says, stop lying. If you don't tell the truth, stop doing that and start telling the truth. And speak the truth in love, the Bible says. So we're to tell the truth everywhere we go. I call it relational integrity. I think I've said this before, but I I went from a church environment to a, a corporate environment. And one of the things that I liked about the corporate environment more than I liked the church was its honesty. The people in this corporate environment that was not Christian were willing to tell me exactly what they thought of me. At the church, I was going, "Oh, I love you, Pastor. I love you. I think you're amazing. You know, whatever." And and you know, I'm not that. I'm not the perfect being. I'm not the. I'll annoy you sometimes. I'll frustrate you sometimes, and I don't need to be told every time I frustrate you, okay? But I I just love the corporate environment because they were honest in so many words. And some of them were not nice. And some of them weren't kind. There was no love of Jesus in in that truth-telling, but I never had to wonder what people were thinking. In the church, we think, oh, if I say something then uh, that's not right. That's not Christian. No, you need to say it in love. You need to say it redemptively. We need to tell each other the truth. We need to hold each other accountable. We're iron sharpening iron. We're here to make each other better. We're here to be a unified group of people, and we can't be that if we're lying to each other. And so that's what the Scripture is saying, is... Put off falsehoods, speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are members of one body. That means whenever I tell you the truth, I'm doing it in love to make us all stronger, better people. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. And so anger isn't bad in itself, but if we sin when we're angry, in other words, when we start Uh, uh, telling somebody that we don't like them or hate them or we use words and there's other passages of Scripture we can refer to. But anger can grow so much that it begins to hurt rather than help. Nothing wrong with anger as long as it's handled well and right. We can get upset. We can be frustrated, but we have to do it in a grace-filled way. Jesus showed His anger. God has shown His anger throughout Scripture then we have to learn to handle it correctly and always redemptively. If you're frustrated with someone, you're angry at someone, you're angry at a situation, there was always a redemptive means by which Jesus and God used to bring his people back together. And then lastly, he talks about anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. In our culture, we, stealing is, is, I mean, you know, everybody in this room would say, oh, I'm not a theft, I'm not a thief. Do you have things that you're hanging on to that you're supposed to give away? Because they're gods? Everything we have is gods. And if God is saying, do this, and you're not doing it, give this, and you're not giving it, you might be keeping something from being used that God wants to use. I'm just saying. Okay, you can tell me I, you, I annoyed you later on. Okay, you can speak truthful, truthfully to me later. Do not verse twenty nine. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it, that it may benefit those who listen. How's a tough one? Do not let any Unwholesome talk. Unwholesome talk. That means words that don't build. Words that don't bring wholeness and health to relationships. When we start saying other stuff, we're going to start a series next week called Pressure Points. And this 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 series, it'll be a four-week series on the pressure points that we're feeling in our world today. Because we're in a world where it's like you're in a room and your friends are talking and they're talking about stuff that, you know, uh, you have a different perspective on and you don't know what to do when they have a different perspective than you do. And maybe it's a worldly perspective and you want to bring a godly perspective in, but you're like, if I do that, then I'm canceled. (laughs) If I say something, I'm out. If I, if you, you know what I'm saying and, and. Unwholesome talk could be coming into that setting and going, you guys are a bunch of idiots. You don't have a clue. Well, you've just shut the door to your opportunity to speak love into people's lives. Maybe you're in a room and people are telling jokes and you're like, no, I'm not into these jokes. What do you do? We're going to talk about that. That's just a teaser. (laughs) Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those. So words are to build, not to tear down. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. So we're to not (coughs) uh, blaspheme or uh, grieve the Holy Spirit by being something other than what Jesus would be to this world. And he says, get rid of all this stuff, bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Powerful passage of Scripture that's talking about the the transformed mind versus the conformed mind. And there's different ways of looking at it. And if if we're in what would be called the natural, the, the, the natural way of acting. We would say that the natural way of doing that is if somebody offends me, man, I'm going to pop them right back. With words or with fists or whatever. I, that's the, there's a redemptive way of doing that. Loving them. Loving our enemies. Praying for those who persecute us. Uh, heaping coals, <coughs> hot coals on their head by doing good to those that do poorly to us. There's different ways of doing it, and it's a conformed or a transformed mind that acts differently than a conformed mind. And that's what God is asking of us today. If we're going to live in high gear, that means that we're living with a transformed mind, a mind that is shaped and molded like Christ. If we're going to live in low gear, that means we're going to live with a conformed mind that's doing everything everybody else is doing. That's that's, That's average at best. Living above average is saying, I'm going to live like Jesus. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to speak words that build instead of hurt and tear down. I'm going to uh, not have an unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. I'm not going to be bitter in my heart and hold it against people. I'm going to forgive. So the big questions are simply this. And this is really, are are we living in, here's the signs of low gear. Insensitivity. Are we insensitive to the world? Do we not feel anymore? Have we seen so much on TV and have we seen so much happen in in, in the news and in the world today that we're no longer sensitive to what's really going on? Are we darkened and hardened hearts? Are we not even seeing it? Are we unwholesome talk coming out of our mouths? Are we lying, stealing? Are we expressing anger all the time? Are we bitter in our hearts where there's a foothold in our, 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 our heart that... Is, is, I've talked about this before practicing those angry speeches and getting ready to say exactly what you feel but not with compassion or do you have the high gear signs of a changed thinking lovers of truth learners we're learning how to think right we're living righteously we're givers because we're not stealing anymore, we're working for what we get, and we're able, which enables us to give to others. Are we forgiving those who have hurt us, and are we showing compassion to those around us? Those are the high gear marks of life. Where are you at today? Where are we at today? As I was studying this and going through this, I'm going, oh man, what have I grown insensitive to? What, I, you know, I, I was checking my heart because you guys know I, I cry Quite easy. But I haven't cried much lately. What's that about? I want to have a soft heart. I want a heart that melts. I don't want to have a heart that breaks. I don't want to have a heart that you have to take a hammer to. I'd much rather take a butter knife to that. A soft one. A pliable one. A moldable one. That's what I want in my life. And I don't want to grow insensitive. Insensitive. I want to be that lover of truth. I don't want to avoid truth. I don't want to blind myself to it. Oh, if I see that truth, then it changes my life. I have to act differently now because I know something that changes me, that challenges me, that sharpens me, that makes me better. I want to be a learner. I want to be living righteously. I want to do the things that are right before God instead of those things that disappoint and live in shame and guilt all the time. I want to be a giver. I want to have my hands open instead of my hands closed. I want to forgive. I don't want to harbor hurt. And I want to love people, show compassion. That's high gear. That's above average. That's where God wants us to be. And I I, I pray that God today will take you and me and put us in a place where we are living in high gear, a transformed mind, not a conformed mind, not something pressed into some other box that we don't belong in, but a transformed mind where God has made a difference in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. God, I know that your Holy Spirit is speaking to our lives right now, that you're shaping our thinking, you're shaping our way of life, you're shaping uh, our hearts to be sensitive and soft and pliable as opposed to hard and, and hardened and darkened. Lord, we're tired of bumping around in life trying to feel our way through life instead of having the light shine in every aspect of our hearts. And the way we live and the the way we act and the way we think and the way we talk and the way we love and the way we care for people. Lord, we want you to influence us. We want you to shape our thinking and our way of life. May your Holy Spirit guide us and move us and shape us right now, Lord. We open our hearts to you. And forgive us, God, for wanting to be like the world. We want to be more like you every day instead of like this world. Give us your hunger, your appetite, your your desires, your, your way of thinking so that we can act and be the very feet of Jesus and the very hands of Jesus to this world. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit help us to repent of our sin. Help us to ask you to help us to turn us around and move us in the direction that you desire us to go. Lord, may we not fall prey to the conformity of this world, but may we be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Help us to get back to our original selves that you designed us to be. Help us to be that that person that exemplifies and shows Jesus to this world. I pray, Lord, that you work your, your power right now in this place. And online and, and Lord that your Holy Spirit would speak to all of us and help us, Lord, to become more like you every single day of our lives. Lord, if there's somebody right now that is just feeling that resistance, that that desire to hang on to the world, I pray that you Lord, I know you won't purposely or, or powerfully just pry their fingers open, but may they open their hands and let go of the world and submit to you right now I just I just quietly to say this prayer you don't have to pray it out loud but just say it to yourself Lord I pray that you would transform my mind to be more like you every day give me a hunger for your word Give me a humility to submit to your leading. Forgive me for desiring the things of this world and help me have a hunger for the ways of life that you want me to live. And help me be completely transformed by the renewing of my mind. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 One last thing. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I hope what you've heard today is that he's shining the light into your life right now. Maybe you feel a little guilty about the way you've lived. Maybe you feel bad about some sins that you've committed. The beautiful thing is that Jesus wants to forgive you of your sin. But it takes you saying, Jesus, forgive me. It takes you saying, Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. Why? Because he has the power over death, hell, and the grave. To save you, to redeem you. To redeem your life and to bring hope and life back to it. To take you out of that hardened heart and that darkened place and bring you into the light. If that's you today and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whether you're online or whether you're here on site, I I want to pray with you right now and just ask you to pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I accept that I'm a sinner and that I've made mistakes and that I've done what it takes to separate me from you. But right now I ask that you forgive me of my sin and I accept that forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross which enabled me to have my sins forgiven. And I believe that you were raised from the dead three days later and today I have the hope of eternal life and I now belong to the family of God and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name.